Podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. Come on, you know you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Come on, you can join the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet. Let's check out the analytics today. Got the United States at the top of the list, of course. Nigeria, Australia, South Africa, Philippines. See, we got Canada, the UK, Nambia, Singapore, New Zealand, Malaysia, Latvia, Denmark, Guatemala, Hungary, India, Kenya, Malawi, Netherlands, Norway, and parts unknown. Thank you for helping us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. You didn't forget, did you? We're in a series titled Doorways to Deception. Come on, are you believing the lies? We've been looking into how deception comes, how it destroys, and most importantly, how to avoid it. Now, we've looked at so much as this is, what, the 20, 24th podcast teaching in this series. So if you are just finding us, please do yourself a favor. Go back, listen to the past 23 podcasts. It'll take you a minute, but you'll have a much better understanding if you do. Last week, well, week before, I was on my honeymoon last week. But a couple of weeks ago, we started looking into deception uh, that goes along the lines of healing for today, miracles and healing. Boy, so so much there we could discuss. Uh, I just kind of want to get down to the bottom line of it today. I mean, there's so many directions we could really go with this one, a great deception in the area of God's will to heal for today. And we mentioned last time that you'll just have to do away with any notion whatsoever that God has anything to do with sickness, disease, pains, physical issues in your life. He did not uh, cause it, commission it, sanction it. He's not teaming up with Satan to teach you, to test you, to punish you for your sins. You have to be fully persuaded on this. And anything less is a deception in your life. Now, can one learn some things during these issues? Of course, of course, and we usually do. Can we draw closer to God at those times? Yes, and I hope that you do, but it's not him. So you'll have one side saying, well, you know, healing is just no more. There are no more miracles. Well, that's garbage. God uses this stuff for his glory, whatever that means. We have another side that says, well, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. And, you know, we, we may never know the mysterious will of God. He picks and chooses. And, you know, you can't just expect that it's going to be us. We can hope that it is, maybe. We've got some that are saying, no, it is the will of God to heal everyone all the time of anything. So much being said. Well, how would we know? It's easy to look back and see that God, the God who never changes, to look in his word that abides forever, that heaven and earth may pass away, but his word stands forever. What has he always done? What is his track record on this deal? 
when someone has dealt with sickness and disease long enough, I know. I know it can always present an opportunity for a why, God, why. And when we don't have an answer, well, we're going to make one up. We're going to accept anything that comes uh, because I, I do want to know something. So for me to wrap this one up with a, a list of proof, Romans 12 and verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not gather your wisdom and information as the world does about these topics. Don't use personal experience. That's usually what we go by. Be transformed. Be changed by the renewing of your mind. How? Through the word of God. If you want the mind of Christ on something, it's called Bible. Let the Bible be your brains. That's what God thinks about anything out there. No mysteries. It's all right here in the book. What does God think about murder? Do you know? Do you know what God thinks about murder? Do you know what God thinks about fornication? Do you have any clue whatsoever what God thinks about having other gods before him? You do, don't you? Why? Because of the Bible. We've heard that. We saw proof from the Bible what he thinks. And, uh, well, oh, okay, that's what the Bible says. So uh, that's it, right? That's it. The Bible says, I'm not basing my belief on if it's happening or not. My belief is based off of the word that proves to me what the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God is, period. So what is his perfect will concerning healing then? If Jesus was and is the express will of God in a human body, sent to earth, laid aside his mighty weight and glory, came as a man, my will is to do the will of him who sent me. Not my will, but yours be done. Hey, guys, I don't say whatever I want to say. I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father says to do, right? These, these are the things that Jesus said about himself. So if Jesus did it, it's God's will then, right? Remembering, we're New Testament people. New covenant based on new and better promises. So don't be deceived anymore. Just look at it. Matthew 8 and verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper worshiping, saying, Lord, if you will... I know you can. I know you can make me clean. Millions of people are right here today. Millions of believers. Nobody's doubting God's ability to heal, but what about his willingness? Most people do not believe that God is always willing to heal. It's a deception. It's God's will to heal you of anything all the time, and that statement makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Here we have a leper. We don't know a lot about this leper. We know he's, he's a social outcast. Man's life is over, outcast socially, outcast economically. He's incurable. This man is terminal, been handed a walking death sentence. The doctors have whispered in the corner, hey, there is no more that we can do for you. And I want you to know today, I have some good news. That's exactly what they mean. There is no more that they can do for you. But your God has never said there is no more that I can do for you because we have a God in which if there is no right now currently a way, he will make a way. This is a dead man walking. He approaches Jesus. This man isn't sure about the willingness of Jesus to heal him. I'm not sure. I'm sure he's approaching him thinking of all of his sins that he's done, possibly all the things that he's done and not done. And certainly I'm sure this man has done some things in his life he wouldn't want anyone to know about. This man says, I know you can if you will. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say to such a question? Do we hear Jesus saying some of the things that we hear people saying today? 
Well, brother, if you'd just come to my church. Brother, have you been good? Have you been tithing? What exactly did you do to open yourself up for this leprosy? Well, no, it's my father's will to heal you. We do not see Jesus interviewing this man about anything. This man had a question. Jesus answered the question. I know you can, but will you? I love what one translation says. It says, of course I will. Verse three, put forth his hand and he touched him. Guys, this is contagious. This disease is deadly and contagious and Jesus touches this man. I love this because this tells me that what I have on me as a believer is way more contagious than anything this old world could ever develop in some kind of a lab in China. Come on, greater is he who is in me. Do we believe that? The same exact story is recorded in Mark and Luke as well. One of them says Jesus moved with compassion. Do you believe that Jesus is still compassionate? Would Jesus still touch somebody today? Would Jesus be moved with compassion, touched him saying, I will be thou clean? And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, after this encounter, we never see an I won't in the Bible when it comes to healing. Not one time, not one single time after this encounter right here, not one time. Who is man to ever say that he says, I won't then? There is not one single encounter of an I won't in all of your New Testament. After this right here, verse five, he entered into Capernaum. There came to him a centurion beseeching him saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Here we have a man coming and seeking a healing for a servant. This is an employee. They're asking Jesus to come and heal this man. And look at this. What was Jesus's response? Instantly, I'm talking about Listen, I want you to take note. Where's the interview process? Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Imagine the scene. Hey, I've got this employee at home. Man, Jesus, he's really sick and I need him to get better. Okay, I'll come and heal him. That was the answer before Jesus knew anything about the man. His immediate response is, I will come and I will heal him. That is it. Centurion answers, Lord, I'm not worthy that you would come under my roof. This man doesn't feel worthy to have Jesus in his home. But Jesus, if you'll just speak a word, my servant shall be healed. Boy, we see Jesus healing a leper. Wasn't even sure if it was his will to do so. He laid hands on that man. Now we have a servant that Jesus never met, knows nothing about this man other than he's a really good employee and he's sick. But now he's being told that, hey, I don't even want you to come into my house, but I got to get this man healed. And this man says, speak a word. Just speak a word, Jesus. Guys, this is so amazing. Look what he says. I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to a man, go, and he goes. To another man, come, and he comes. To my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, and he said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. What this man was saying was so profound. Jesus, I know, as a man under authority, that you also have authority to say sickness go, and it will go to say healing come and it will come, right? This is amazing because what I need you to know is that your God will find a way to get your healing to you. And the other thing is this, you have authority, you have power. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that what I sent to do. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that self same hour, 60 minutes or less. We have an outcast terminal, incurable, healed. We have a man that Jesus never met, was just an employee, spoke, sent a word, and he's healed. Verse 14. 
Jesus came into Peter's house. He saw his wife's mother laid in sick of a fever. Does Jesus heal mother-in-laws? Here's a woman that has a fever, not like the other two we saw. It's a fever. That's not to say that fevers can't be dangerous. Certainly they could. It's not a cancer, though. This isn't leprosy. This isn't the palsy. Matter of fact, it's not even something incurable. And yet we find Jesus taking issue with this because isn't it true that we sometimes let the smaller things go, don't we? I mean, come on, I can take a pill for this and I'll be fine. Maybe if I just, you know, if I, if I walk like this and kind of hold, no, here she is laying there with a fever and he touched her hand and the fever left. I like Luke's account in Luke four thirty nine. Dr. Luke, he stood over her and he rebuked the fever. Look at that. Can a fever here? No. Can a fever here? Well, it must be so. He rebukes the fever and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. I don't think you see the good news about this, but Jesus talked to trees and they heard and obeyed. He talked to wind and waves, and they must have heard of obeyed. He talked to demons, and they heard, and, and if a fever can hear, and a fever obeyed, then a cancer can hear, and a cancer will obey. Arthritis can hear. Pain can hear. Tumors can hear. But what are you saying to them? Job 22 says, I shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto me. What are you saying to sickness and diseases? Jesus wasn't afraid to talk to him. Sometimes we act like that's just the most far out thing that we've ever heard. Terminal outcast, he laid his hands on him, healed that man, paralyzed employee, never spoke, never, never spoke to him, but he spoke a word, never met the man, didn't know anything about the guy, spoke and he was healed the same hour. Woman with a fever, spoke right to that fever, touched her, and she arose immediately. Goes on to say, when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. He cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick. Now we see him healing unbelievers. They weren't necessarily seeking God. They were worshiping the devil, demon-possessed, and he healed all them. Guys, I don't know if you can see this here. It is so much the will of God to heal people. He's finding ways to get people set free, even the people I mean, even those people that were, that were demon-possessed, why, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he took our infirmities and he bare our sicknesses. So what's the theme of Matthew chapter 8? It's all about physical bodies being healed, a leper, a servant, a mother-in-law. All these were healed, and he says, well, yeah, they were healed. I, it's kind of like I can hear him saying, well, duh, of course they were healed, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, who said he took our infirmities and he bare our sicknesses. Now, the King James doesn't specifically say sicknesses, but they knew that's exactly what he meant in Isaiah, and that's why he was referring back to it. Let me read the Amplified. He's saying that Jesus was healing people because it's the fulfillment of a prophecy. Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, our distresses. He carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as with leprosy. But the truth is he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquity. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Incurable outcast, which by the way, there's no outcast with him. Healed some that he never met. Healed a woman that had a fever now, even all these people who had previously, and I mean just moments ago, had been full of devils. He cast the devils out with the word and he healed every single one of them who needed it. Numbers 21, the people were complaining against God and Moses. They were in sin. How many of you know you can't gripe in faith, amen? Come on, they're, they're out of faith, they're full of doubt, and they're complaining against God, and suddenly poisonous snakes come into the camp. They're biting the people. Venom is running through their veins, babies crying, people yelling, snakes everywhere. Moses goes to God, and God instructs him to make a serpent on a pole. 
All that look at it are going to be healed. And every one of these people who just bad mouthed God, bad mouthing Moses, all these people were in sin speaking against God and he healed every single one of them. Matthew 19, 2, and great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. Matthew 21, 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Luke 6 and verse 19, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Luke 9, 11. And the people, when they knew it, they followed him, and he received him. And he spake unto them the kingdom of God, and he healed all them that had need of healing. Matthew 15, 30, and great multitudes came to him, having those that were lame, blind, dumb, maim, and many others, and they cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Luke 4, 40, now as the sun was setting, all they that had any sick and diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every single one of them, and he healed them. Matthew 4, 24, and his fame went out all through Syria, and they brought unto him the sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, those that were possessed with devils, those which were lunatic, those that had the palsy, and he healed them. I mean, again, it says they brought unto Jesus those that were possessed with devils, some that obviously weren't good people, not good church-going folk, possessed with devils, not following God, not following his laws, having somehow opened themselves up for full possession of the devil full of demons. What does it say? What does it say about these? Got to get born again. Is that what it says? Did it, did it say they needed to get in church first? I mean, not, not bad ideas, of course, right? What are the unsaved being healed? Then it says those that are lunatic. They were out of their minds. They couldn't even think straight or make a right decision, and they were healed. My point is, where's the unlucky ones? Why do we never see Jesus just one time, just, just once saying some of the things that we hear today? If Jesus was and is the express will and image of God in action in a human body, and then we see all of this, who could say that God doesn't heal? God is the maker of the human body. So to me, this was something that seemed very realistic and simple to me, that if he made these bodies... I always figured, before I even could say I believed in healing, I had this idea that it always seemed very easy for me that if he made them, I would certainly think he could fix them. If he made them to begin with, and he had all the parts and knew every piece and part and thing, I figured he could fix them or even replace anything that was broken. He could make all all things new. It just always seemed to make sense to me. See the soldiers coming to take Jesus to his death. You remember Malchus, the soldier named Malchus, believes that this man, Jesus, he is a false teacher. This Jesus is an enemy of the state. He is number one on our list, a criminal. They're going to come. Well, now we know somebody pulls out a sword. They've cut somebody's ear off. There's blood. A man is screaming in the chaos. It's dark out there, right? And it was Peter, we know, of course, that cut that ear off, right? So he cuts the soldier's ear off. It's chaos. It's dark out. You would think, out of anybody, this man deserves to get his ear cut off. If we could have ever had a lesson, just one, that, well, okay, guys, it's not always God's will to heal everybody. I would think for sure that this man could have been our 
prime example of, hey, don't come against Jesus. Don't, don't come against God or you will not be healed. You, you better walk the straight and narrow and do this and do that and do the other, and then you can be healed. But otherwise, hey, we could have had such a great example right here if Jesus were ever to give us a lesson right here that, boy, you better pull it together. This should have been our example. Here sits a man, no ear, coming to take Jesus to his death, and Jesus just could not. He couldn't run. He just could not allow this man to sit there with one ear because, guys, I was there when my father made man. And and, and he made man with two ears. And what I see sitting in front of me right now just goes against the very image in which even this man, Malchus, was made in. No, he's acting up. He ain't acting right. But let me tell you something. He was made in the image and the likeness of my father, God. And I can't just sit here and dare to allow anybody to think that it's okay to do this. And what happens? By the time he gets done with this man that hates him, this man is sitting there with two ears. Who can say that healing is past? That it's no more? How can we say this? When the apostles picked up right where Jesus left off, they healed people. What argument is there from Scripture that would anyway place an accusation against God for sickness and disease? I don't understand how anyone can say God allows, God causes, God uses it for any reason. Guys, if it's not in the Bible, that's called unbiblical. If there's no Scripture for it, that's called unscriptural. See Jesus telling his disciples, Matthew 10 and verse 1, and when he had called unto him as 12, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. He turns around in Luke 10, 1 through 9, he commissions the 70. After this thing, the Lord appointed another 70 also. He sent them two by two before his face into every city, every place whether he himself would come. Therefore he said unto them, boy, the harvest truly is great, but I'll tell you, boys, the laborers are few. You gotta pray the Lord of the harvest that he would begin to send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, guys. Behold, I send you forth lambs among wolves, Don't carry purse, nor script, nor shoes. Don't salute any man, by the way. And whatever house you enter, first say peace on this house. Now, if the son of peace be there, your peace will rest upon it. If not, it'll return to you again. In the same house, remain eating and drinking such thing as they give for the labor. You are worthy of your hire. Go not from house to house, whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. And, hey, by the way, while you're there, heal the sick therein, and you tell them. You tell them when they're healed, you tell them the kingdom of God is come nigh you. Ah, then he looks at the church, you and I, and he said, you know what, everybody else, everybody else, listen, this is for you, Mark 16, 15 through 20, and he said unto them, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What is part of the gospel? He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not will be damned. These signs will follow them that believe. Do you believe? In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following, amen. 
well, healing's not for today. Really? Where's your scriptures? Where's your stories for that from the Bible? Where's your examples? Well, sometimes he just gives sickness to his toughest warriors. Yeah, who? Who was that toughest warrior in the Bible? He had some pretty, pretty bad dudes in the Bible. Don't remember him saying, hey, if I brought you to it, I'll get you through it. Hmm? Where's that in the Bible? He uses it. Where? No, I know that he can make all things work to the good, but don't you dare place an accusation to say he caused it to use it. No, he will certainly use it. You find yourself in a sickness, a disease, a thing. Oh, sure, sure, he can. He can use it. He can use it just like he always did in the Bible. After they were healed, they all gave glory to God. Ain't nobody given glory to God before they were healed. Come on, look at it. Come on, listen. Does he use it? Where, where is that? No, he doesn't. And, and to believe anything else is to believe the lie. And you're being deceived. Let me hear as I close. I want to remind you all. Scroll down and listen to the 101 healing scriptures. They're right there in the podcast. Same place wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this podcast on, on whatever outlet that you use, scroll on down and you're going to find a little ways back something that says 101 healing scriptures. Go ahead and scroll down, right? Because what are we doing? We, we want to close off any doorway that leads one to think even for a second that God has anything to do with sickness, disease, physical suffering in your body for any reason at all. It's not scriptural. It's not biblical to say that he does. Friends, that is a deception. That's a lie. No, no, no. Listen, you don't have to take my word for it. Go read your Bible. No, I just gave you a few today. Go, go get the 101, 101 scriptures on healing in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. It's all there. Your God is and always has been and always will be the Lord God that heals you. Did you catch it? It's a character trait. It's not what he does. It's actually a part of God's character to be a healer. Thank you for joining me today. New Old School Podcast. All the time I have today, I'm your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'm going to be out working miracles. You know why? Because I attempt the ridiculous and I achieve the miraculous.